is about that video, but it just makes me want to go to the woods with a bow and arrow or something. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but uh, just, man, just gets you going, right? Well, good morning, and so good to see each and every one of you. Uh, this morning, we're going to try something I haven't done in a few years, and on the way in, you should have received a little handout, some notes. I used to do this all the time, and I'd do the handouts, but then people said, Pastor, you talk a little bit too fast for me to keep up with the handouts. So I kind of stopped it, but then we kind of would still put a bulletin. Remember the old school bulletins? We'd put those out. But then we care about trees. I know none of y'all care about No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we stopped doing the bulletins, and we have a place to write. And then I saw people writing on the connection cards. Then I started feeling bad. So then we got journals. But then all of you are like me. You ain't going to buy a journal to take the notes. So it's not a big deal. It just hurts my heart a little bit that you won't buy the journal, but that's okay. So we decided to do something different, and we decided to give you handouts. Now, if you hate this idea, feel free to tell me, all right? My email is missile at southridgesanjose.com, all right? Just send me. That's where all the hate email goes, right there. Uh, or if you can't find that one, it's Mike Wallace at southridgesanjose.com. Uh, we added his name there, too, so feel free to just send any spam email to those email addresses. Well, uh, interesting series that we're diving into entitled Arrows. I don't know about you, but I kind of uh, have become a little bit jaded towards January, towards the end of December, towards the New Year's resolutions. And you say, why? Because it may be something that you struggle with too, is that I get a little melancholy by the time December comes around. You say, why do you get a little melancholy? Why do you get a, a little bit low-key depressed? Because I look at all the goals that I wrote in a journal, all the targets I wanted to hit, all the things I wanted to accomplish, all the things I wanted to do that year, the, uh, the, 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 the things I wanted to accomplish, the dad I wanted to become. My kids on the way here were like, Dad, you never built that tree for it. It's like, shut up, kid. I'm talking about goals, all right, and, and, and we're talking about bigger stuff than a tree fort, but the reality was that was one of my goals, was build the kids a tree fort, you know, I got the wood piled up on the side and everything, and, and then you have goals for what you want to do in your relationship, and, and you have goals financially, financial goals that you want to you have this much in the account, and then you look at the account, you just cry, because there are numbers there, they're just all red, they're all red numbers, and, and I don't know why the bank does that to you, and uh, things like that, so I wanted to, to, to say, why, why is that? How, how do we fix that? How, how do we get to uh, December 2020 and we're not discouraged? We're not sad. We're not disappointed. Because oftentimes we're coming to this new year and we've got these 
great goals that we want to do, these things that we want to accomplish. And it's, it's, it's hard every year, isn't it? Because you're like, there's so many things you want to do, and you know you have limited time, limited bandwidth. And so you're trying to do everything, but you know you can't do everything, so you're trying to do the important things. And so we set these goals, but then we get discouraged, derailed, or just flat out disappointed that we don't ever reach them. So how do we have a better marriage, better relationships? How do we get to that job that we're trying to get to? The, uh, maybe the financial number that we want to get to. Maybe it's a physical uh, thing that we want to accomplish. For me, if I get a muscle-up this year, that's like my goal, a muscle-up. Some of you are like, what is that? Or a double-under, okay? If, if I could just do that this year, that'd be pretty cool. It's just small little goals, all right? I've given up on having, you know, the greatest marriage. No, just kidding. Those are always things that you just keep... Jane is sick today, all right? And we don't have live stream, so I am safe, okay? She won't get this podcast till Tuesday. So I got two days before she gets upset at me, all right? So uh, pray for Jane. Pray for me. She asked me to make uh, uh, Ariscaldo yesterday for dinner, which if you're uh, Filipino, you know exactly what that is, Ariscaldo. Uh, If you're American like me, you have no idea what that is. So she's sick and just in the room, just sick, sick, sick. She was like, hey, make us some Ariscaldo. And I started making the recipe. She came out just sick to get some water or something. And I was like, babe, what are you doing? She was like, well, I just, I, like the Holy Spirit said, you better go check on him. And uh, so she goes to check to me. She's like, what you're cooking will kill us. You know that, right? And I was like, no, I'm making the recipe. She's like, that's not the recipe I sent you. I, I, that, that is not it. And I just looked at her. And I was like, babe, you know, this is why you can never leave me, okay? Because the, we're just, we're in a bad place. If you ever leave, it'll just be all bad. But we're talking about hitting the target. And my frustration has always been not the target per se, because we all have good targets, right? Like nobody here is saying, you know, maybe it was just my target was a problem. That's not, that's not it. It's got to be something more. And then I came across a book that just, I think God uses books. I love to read. I love uh, going through books. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I came across this book. I'm going to put it up on the screen because it is such an impactful book. It's called Atomic Habits. And that kind of unlocked some truths for me. What reason why I wasn't hitting the goals, the targets I wanted to hit. And the author, James Clear, really lays it out. He really lays it out so well that it's not the goal. It's not the target. It's something much deeper. It's not our target. Each, each year, you and I are setting down goals and resolutions to uh, uh, lose weight or to read more of God's word or to go to church more or to uh, be more engaged in our social life or to be a better employee, employer. We, we set all these goals, and these are all good targets to hit, but the problem is not the target. And that's what I've realized. The target is actually my, the problem is actually my trajectory. So I wrote it down, and I want you to fill in the first fill in the blank if you would. The problem is not always the target, but often my trajectory. And you say, why? Because if I were to put up a target, and I really thought about bringing a bow and arrow and a target, but then I was like, this school has had a lot of problems between the bomb threat and everything else. Me walking around with a compound bow just on campus, probably get arrested, all right? So I just decided, no, let's not do that. But imagine for a second, I put a target on that wall. But then I aim my bow and arrow at that wall. It doesn't matter how good the target is if my trajectory is off. So often 
It's not your target in your marriage. It's not your target in your parenting. It's not your target with your financial goals, with your where you want to, uh, goals you want to accomplish in life, your, your say you want to lose weight, gain weight, say you want to get a muscle up, double, double under, whatever it is, whatever your goal is, that target is a good target. The problem is our trajectory. I'm never going to hit the target over there if I'm always aiming over here. Hey, get this. I won't hit that target if I'm aiming over here. You say, but I'm, I'm closer. Yes, you're closer, but your trajectory is still off. James Clear has a great quote. I put it in your notes. He said, bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you don't have the right system for change. You see, the target's never the problem is what he's saying. He's saying it's your trajectory. Uh, let me give you a small illustration. I have a bad habit of staying up late and eating junk food. And two things I don't really want to do. But what happens is uh, I, I started to think, why am I staying up late? I like to get up early. I like to get up at 4.30. I like to get up at 5. Why am I not getting up early? And then I figured out the cause, all right? I know what my target is. I want to get up early and eat healthier, okay? That was my target. You know what problem was? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You laugh, and it's funny because uh, it's so true. What I did was I took the TV out of my room. And it's only been eight days, but I took the TV out of my room. Guess what? I don't stay up late and I don't eat junk food. I, I didn't say, oh, this year I am not going to eat any more junk food. I didn't do that. This year I did not say, hey, I'm just going to get up earlier, set the alarm, set a double alarm, and I'm going to get one of those uh, uh, sensory alarms that flashes, makes noise, and, and lets off scents and everything. No, 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 no. All that I did was fix my trajectory. And my trajectory said, what should a person do if they want to get up early? Probably go to bed earlier, so don't watch Netflix. Because what happens is you get caught into a show or a movie, and then you end up going later than you wanted to do. And then you're sitting there, and you're thinking, I should eat something. You're not hungry, but you're just sitting there like, man, this show would be so much better with some really salty food or sugary food. And then, you know, while I'm at the refrigerator, there's Dr. Pepper. I should have a Dr. Pepper wash it down. All right, do you see the domino? What am I doing? You see, there's the target of what I want to accomplish, but then there's my trajectory. So this whole series is about fixing the trajectory, not your target. I don't want to come in here and say, you know what? You just need to set better targets and goals for your marriage and better targets and goals for your parenting and better targets and goals for your walk with God and better. No, 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 no. Can you, we all just accept that the target is fine and we just work on our trajectory and it may be a simple as a small step of saying, you know what? I have a hard time missing church, but maybe if I just set up my clothes Saturday evening. Because I notice if I set up my clothes to go to the gym, I'm more likely to go to the gym. I don't know what it is. There's a correlation. If I just set out those running shoes, all of a sudden, guess what? I ain't going to run, actually. That's a lie. That's a lie. I ain't never going to run. If they make me run, I'll run. But I ain't never going to run. I don't like to run. All right? Some of you can run. That's good for you. But, you know, there's little things like taking the TV out of the room. Now, it's a simple illustration, but I want to start bringing it in spiritually. Because I think we have bigger goals than just not staying up late and not eating too much junk food. And I want to springboard, and I want to kind of springboard off of where Pastor Missal picked up last week from his message. Can we go to Hebrews chapter number 12? If you have a copy of God's word, you can turn there. If not, it will be on your notes. It will be on the screen. Let's look at this together. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, why is he saying therefore? He's saying in light of all that happened in chapter 11. We read about all these great Christians of days gone by. Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, 
Jephthah. You got, you got all these, Gideon, David. You got all these heroes that are in, in the past, in chapter 11, some people call it the hall of faith, where it's all these great Christians. Peter's talk, or, or the writer here, many believe it's Paul, that wrote this book. He says, hey, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, talks about the cloud. What is he talking about, this cloud, you know? And what he's saying is like, it's so big. This group of people is so big. It's like a cloud just envelops us, a cloud of witnesses. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the race that is set before us. I love that verse right out the gate. He's saying there's some things we want to do and there's some things we don't want to do. What a great New Year's verse, isn't it? There are some things we don't want to do in 2020. There are some things we do want to do. There are some places we want to go. There are some places we want to stop going. There are some people we want to be with. There are some people we don't want to be with. There are some things we want to start eating like vegetables. There are some things we don't want to eat anymore. There's little things that we want to do. There's financial goals. There's all these things. It's a great verse. He's saying, hey, we're going to have to lay some things aside. So why? So that we can run this race. Verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse number two is that the writer, possibly the Apostle Paul, saying, The target is Jesus. The target is Jesus. Would you write that down for the point number one? The target. You see, the target is Jesus. This year, it, you can talk to a lot of people and you can say, hey, with so many things that are so important, what's the most important thing for 2020? And if you were to ask me that question, I would answer, it depends who you ask. If you ask your boss what's the most important thing for 2020, he may say the bottom line. If you ask your spouse what's the most important thing for 2020, They've already told you, actually. I guarantee they've already told you. You see, no, they will tell you. You can ask your children, what is the most important thing for 2020? And your children may tell you. You can ask your friends, what is the most important thing for 2020? And they will give you an answer. You see, everybody has an opinion about what the target should be for your life. Everybody does. Hey, politics does, the media does, social media does. Everybody has an opinion what the target should be. But you and I need to go into 2020 saying, guess what? I'm like the writer of Hebrews, looking unto Jesus. You ever watch racers as they compete? You ever looked at a racer that turns his head? Do you know what happens to that racer who looks? He loses. The racer who looks loses. Why? He's looking around. Where are they at? Where are they at? No, a good racing coach will tell you, you just look at your lane, you get your eyes on that prize, and you run with everything you've got. The writer here is saying, hey, we're looking unto Jesus. He stands at the finish line. He stands there. So that's what we're running for. You see, in a day and age where everybody would love to tell you what they think you should do, we go back to God who will tell us what we were made to do. You see, everybody will tell you what they think you should do. But God is the one who can tell you what you were made to do. And so we go back to scripture on this one. Where this year we say it's Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus. He's my target. You see, he's the bullseye in the target. And this year we're going to work out from that bullseye. 
There's some other things on that target, but Jesus is the bullseye. Hey, guess what? Joshua said it. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. But for some of us, we've already looked at our calendar and we've said, as for me and my house, winter sports. As for me and my house, overtime. As for me and my house, sleeping in on Sundays. As for me and my house, and we're filling in what God said needs to be centered. Now, Christianity is great at creating unchristians. More than unchristians are better at creating unchristians. You say, why? Because we've lost the pursuit of God. We've started seeking all the peripheral of what even good Christians say we need to do. This year, I just want you to seek Jesus. If you just focus on Jesus, let him be the center. Let him be everything and let it flow from there. Uh, there will be people who tell you you should parent like this. You should do your marriage like this. You should work your job like this. You should look like this, dress like this, act like this. But we need to come back and say, you know, I'm just following Jesus. Because if you start adding to it, guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for something else. So we need to pursue Jesus at the center. Matthew 6.33 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all these things will be added. You see, if I can simply get my target right, that will self-correct everything else. Notice, it doesn't matter that you hit the target if it's the wrong one. You see, it doesn't matter if you hit the target, if it's the wrong one. In 2004 Olympic Games, there was a sharpshooter. His name was Matt Emmons, an amazing accountant that also was a sharpshooter. There's kind of a movie based on an accountant who's also a sharpshooter, but this is the actual event where this guy was a brilliant marksman, just brilliant. People said he was, he was set to win gold, and he hit the bullseye at 50 meters, no problem, except for the fact it was his neighbor's bullseye. He went from winner to loser just like that. He was in first place. If he just would have hit somewhere on the target, he still would have won gold. He was that far ahead. But because he didn't hit his target, he went from first place to eighth place. You see, too often I feel like we do that, don't we? Because why? There's somebody out there saying, hey, it's all about your career. It's all about that career. It's all about those Benjamins. Got to make that money. Come on, keep raking it in. At the end of the day, your kids are going to say, dad, thank you for paying my college. I know you weren't there, but at least my college is paid for, right? No. Hey, uh, mom, thank you so much for buying me a new car. You were never there, but at least I got some wheels to get wherever I needed to go. No, no, wrong target, correct? Now, we learn from our mistakes and say, can I correct that? So we're saying, God, help me to not just before I fix trajectory, I still got to go to know where the target is. So I'm going to work on that target. So I've got to have that right target. Here's the deal. In your mind, you need to understand, I have many arrows but one target. I got many arrows, but I only got one target, which means there's grace. I won't always hit that target, but guess what? I'm constantly firing for that target. I'm constantly aiming my life, aiming my heart, aiming my desires, aiming my bank account, aiming my, my morality and my emotions and everything, my being, and I'm aiming it towards Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm looking towards him. You see, that's the goal. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, aim for heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim for earth and you will get neither. You see, I don't want to miss it in my marriage. I don't want to miss it in my parenting. 
Hey, I don't want to miss it in my relationship with God. He's done so much for me. He's died for me. Not only does he, did he die for me, he gives breath in my lungs. He gives me another day to live and serve him. He gives me an opportunity to live in this day and age to preach the gospel. He's done so much for me. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it in my ministry. Hey, guess what? I have a good case of FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't want to miss it. I think our church needs a little bit more FOMO, where we have a fear of missing the target. We have a fear of missing out on what God wants to do in 2020. And it's real easy to say, you know what? I never hit my target, so why even bother? I'm not going to do the resolutions. I'm not going to do the whole goal thing. You can have your little magnet with your silly little goals. No, no, that's not it. Let's say, God, I need the right target this year, and I'm going to work on my trajectory. I'm going to constantly fine-tune that trajectory because, God, I want something else. I want something bigger. You see, God says you were designed for something. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God hath prepared in advance for us to do. You see, You and I, we have a decision to make. And that's what verse number one was all about, wasn't it? It's saying, hey, there's some weights and there's sins. Weights don't hurt me, but they don't help me. See, there are certain things in this life that aren't going to help you hit your target. So there's certain things he's saying, we got to make a decision. And that's where life gets difficult and having to make the decision on, hey, what should I be doing? What should I not be doing? we got to lay aside some things. So that why? So that we can aim at the right target. But here's the thing. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, hey, I get it, the right target. Aim at the right target. I get it. I get it. It's Jesus the target. Jesus is the answer. But here's the deal. I still struggle with hitting the target. I still struggle with trying to want to have a relationship with God because guess what, Pastor Micaiah? You may have gotten rid of Netflix, but guess what? I'm keeping Netflix, and I sleep in on Sunday mornings. It's hard, and I get it. I get it. That's where point number two comes in. Please write the word trajectory. You see, the right target with the wrong trajectory means you still miss the target. So we've got to fix our trajectory. This whole series is actually not about target but trajectory, the whole series. It's about just working on trajectory. It's about just saying, hey, if we fix this thing with trajectory, we will fix everything else. 2020 will be a drastically different year. Why? Not because we got a better target or a bigger target, but simply because we said we're going to work on trajectory. We're going to work on where we start aiming, how we fix that aim, how we fix the way we do our parenting. But it's going to take a vision. The writer said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. He said, hey, I'm looking towards something that's, that's influencing, that's showing me something. So what's your vision that you have for 2020? What did you sat down and said, hey, here's the vision, here's what I see this year. If you're in a relationship, where do you see the relationship going? If you're in a company, where do you see the company going? If you're in a ministry, where do you see the ministry going? Because he who aims at nothing hits it every time. And there's a lot of us just firing arrows, just like, God, well, I'm firing arrows. But you never picked a target. But you're firing arrows, firing arrows. And then you know what we do? Wherever the arrow lands, we grab the target, run over there, set the target down, put the arrow back on top of it. We move the target instead of moving our trajectory. But so often we're disappointed because we know that's not what we were supposed to do. You're like, well, I didn't get divorced. (laughs) Uh, We're still together. We hate each other, but we're still together. Wait, I don't want to be miserable. 
My kids can't stand me, but they still live with me because you pay their rent. Of course they do. My boss, uh, he still gives me my job. And we could just go through, wait, instead of fixing our trajectory, we're just moving the target. You know, God's grace, he just kind of excuses my living. No, 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 God wants just to fix the trajectory. You see, if we focus, if we say, hey, I've got a place where I want to be. I've got a target. You see, we admire driving people, but we require direction. We need that direction. This year you need direction. So where you look is where you're going to land. So where you're looking at, where's your sense of vision? Where are your eyes at? Uh, One time I was riding a bike and I turned my head and I didn't realize when I turned my head, guess what, my body followed. Uh, I'm a horrible golfer, but they said keep your head down because I like to follow the ball. I'm like, I want to see where the ball went and that will mess you up. So you got to have the right vision. You You have to have the right vision. Uh, some of you drive the car and you like to look at the person you're talking to or you like to look at your phone. That's bad, isn't it? Why? Because that, there's a whole lot of bad things that can happen in that vehicle if you're not paying attention, if you don't have a vision. And you, we understand the importance and significance when we get in a vehicle, but yet you don't understand the significance and the importance with your life, with having no vision, with having no direction, with not sitting down and saying, you know what, what, what is God, what do you want me to accomplish? Before 2019 ended, I sat down with my wife and I said, hey, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's just get it out there. Let's not bring it into 2020. Well, you always did this in 2019, and you always had this, and you're probably, I was like, no, no, we need to deal with it. Let's just deal with it all to death. Let's go into 2020 with a clean slate so that when we have direction, there's nothing holding us back. Because we predetermined where do we want to end up. We're working on, we got the target set, now we're fixing our trajectory. So God help us. You see, we have set the trajectory. The Apostle Paul, he said this when it came to focus and trajectory. He said in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. No, Christian brothers, I did not have that life yet, but I do one thing. I forget everything that is behind me, and I look forward to that which is ahead of me. He said, I just look forward. I keep my focus on the target. Too often we can get distracted by looking around or looking back, and social media is is famous for that, isn't it? It can just kind of pull us off of where we want to be. It can pull us into an attitude that we don't want. It can pull us into an ego that we shouldn't have. And ego simply stands for edging God out of our life. Because as soon as the ego gets involved, all of a sudden we think, oh man, i got to fix this. i got to do this. And we don't leave it to God. We don't trust God. Instead of saying, God, you're in control. So we understand that this year I need to have the target. I need to have trajectory. But would you go back to verse number one? Because I know what can happen. You and I. We can get discouraged because it's hard, isn't it? Because we feel like, you know, Pastor, my spouse isn't here with me in church. I go to church by myself because they don't support me. Or maybe you're here and you're not not in a relationship or married or anything, but your family doesn't support you, but you came to church. And maybe your family is, 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 is not uh, uh, Christians. And, and maybe what you're deciding this year, it kind of seems like you feel alone in this. Or maybe you are in a relationship and you're the only one that wants to save. There's always a, a spender in the relationship and a saver in the relationship. Opposites attract, right? And maybe you're struggling because you're thinking, man, I'm just alone. We're trying to save money for our future goals or I'm trying to accomplish this. And I just feel alone in this. You know, sometimes even as, as I follow Jesus in my Christian life, it can feel lonely. It can feel hard. You can feel isolated. But would you look at verse number one again? 
It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Six times he uses the plural. Six times he's saying, you're not alone. You're together. Would you write that down? In 2020, you're not alone. You are together. We're not doing this by ourselves. You are not alone. We want you to know that you're in this together. You see that target that you're aiming for? You're fixing your trajectory. You're not alone. Apostle Paul is saying, hey, us, us, we're going to do this. We're in it. And I love the fact that if this writer was the Apostle Paul, that he said, hey, there's some sins and weights, which this is a guy that wrote 13 books of the New Testament. This is the guy that took the gospel to the entire known world. This is the person who said, hey, Follow me as I follow Christ. What a bold statement for him to say, guess what? I am such a good Christian that you can actually follow me and I will lead you to Christ. I'm scared to say that to people because guess what? I got a bumper sticker and that bumper sticker, sometimes I'm afraid. I'm like, wait a minute. They're going to know who my car is. I got to be careful because my car is really easy to make it out. And like, if I accidentally cut you off or something, or if I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing on the phone or something in my car, I'm worried. I'm like, people know me the side of town. I got to be careful. We're, we're not alone. We're, we're together. And so in this passage, we see that the Apostle Paul is trying to remind us, not only do you have that cloud of witnesses that they're cheering you on from the grandstands, but you also, he's saying, hey, I'm with you six times. He reminds us. You see, together a group can accomplish and hit their desired target. You say, I don't know how to fix my trajectory. Let me talk about something. We're going to dive into it deeper. Environment is a lot of things. If you're saying, I want to save money this year, get around people that are really good at saving money. You'll just find naturally you save money. You say, hey, I just want to, you know, uh, be a healthier person. Maybe emotionally healthy. Maybe spiritually healthy. I notice that I don't have to change a thing. I just have to start getting around the people that are where I want to be. And positive peer pressure kicks in, baby. And all of a sudden things just start happening. It's the reason why, and I'm going to put a plug in, it's 2020. It's the reason why I go to Diligence Athletics. Because there's this positive peer pressure that says, Micaiah, you are going to run, even though I hate to run. And I don't run. And all of a sudden, they start running. Guess what I do? I run. And I'm competitive by nature. So i got to be faster than them. So they get more out of me than I actually want to give. Why? Because it happens in a group. And all of a sudden, there are things I don't want to do. But because everybody else is doing it, guess what I start doing? I start like a little lemming. I just follow suit and I just jump into it. So I need to say this year, guess what? I'm in this together. So guess what? Where's a group of people that they want to they grow in some areas? Where are they at? Let me find those people. And guess what? God will put those people in your life. He'll put people that are struggling with their relationships. Say, hey, we want to get better at relationships together. Let's do that. He'll put some people in your life that say, hey, we're good with money. Or people in your life that say, hey, we're, we're good at stewarding our time management. We're good at things like uh, leading companies and building organizations. And we're good at that. All of a sudden, don't find yourself isolated this year. Understand that you could be together. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. I know we all have our own race. We do. And please write this down. The, the word that he uses for grace or race is agona, A-G-O-N-A. Kind of like the word agony. And when I'm in agony, I want company. When I'm in agony, I want company. When I'm sick, guess what? I want my wife to just kind of hang out with me. We want company, don't we? Misery loves company. 
So this year, it's not going to be a perfect year. It's not always going to be easy. But guess what? As you're going through that agona, guess what? As you're following your race, get around some people that say, hey, I'm together with you. Ask some people, say, hey, there's some things I'm praying for. Would you pray with me as well? I'm praying for these goals. I'm praying for these dreams. I'm praying that this year, maybe God will bring that special someone in my life. I'm praying that maybe this will be the year I get out of debt. I'm praying that maybe this year I'll, I'll, I'll beat this disease. I'm praying this year that maybe these things will happen. Or I'm praying this year that my child will get saved or they will come back to God. I'm praying for these things. I want to get around people that say, you know what, I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. See, we need those people. And then lastly, I love the fact He brings a word. He says, run with endurance. This last letter is the letter T, toughness. It's going to take some toughness. Every year, we got to grow, right? It's going to demand more out of us. And so I need to have a target. I need to fix my trajectory. I'm in it together. But then he says, run the race with endurance. And I'm glad he said that because come February, guess what? I don't want to go to the gym, the TV's back in the room, Netflix is on, and ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Gym's empty out in February. Oh, your gym's crowded now, but guess what? Give it another couple weeks, it'll empty out. Why? Because we don't have endurance. But I know what some of you are saying. Some of you are saying right now, Pastor Guy, I'm not a saver. I'm not good with my money. I'll never be good enough with my money. No, it's the wrong mentality. I know what some of you are saying. You know what, Pastor Mike, I'm not good at relationships. That's just why I never can keep a relationship. I'm just not that type of a person that's good at commitment. I'm just not that type of person that's good with kids. My parents weren't good with kids, and I'm not good with my kids, and I'm just not that type of person. You know what, Pastor Mike, I'm just not a a, a Christian kind of person. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got that fire insurance, and, and I'm good. But guess what? I'm just not that type of a person. No, no, no. What we need to say is this. Not, hey, What do I need to become? But what type of person is what I want to be? What are the decisions that a person good with money would make in this situation? What are the decisions that a person who is good at relationships would make? So breaking up via text message may not be the best. Might get a reputation. You broke up with me via text message? I got your text message. You know, I mean, there's just all kinds of things. There's, uh, there's, there's people that they say, you know what? I quit my job. Well, did you tell your boss? No, I just stopped showing up to work. You know, that's probably not the way to do that. Oh, you know what? Those creditors, I just, I just, I just keep dodging those bills. I ain't never going to pay those bills. They're never going to find me. Oh, yes, they will. I had a late fee from a library in the city of Boron. I moved, and seven years later, they found me in San Jose, California. Don't mess with the librarian in Boron, California. This library looks like a little closet with a bunch of books. I borrowed one book and forgot to return it because it's in Boron. I don't know why I was even borrowing a book in Boron. But they found me. So don't think, oh, no, 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 I can just wave these things off. No, no, no. You see, this year, and I love this quote by James Clear. He said this. Ultimately, it is your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. That's endurance. That's what the writer here is talking about. Let us run with endurance. But then he doesn't just write and tell us to do it. He goes to verse number two. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him despised the cross with its shame and endured it. What if Jesus stopped halfway through? You and I would not be here. We would be looking for a temple somewhere with a goat or some turtle doves 
and we'd have a pocket knife, and we'd be trying to go pay for our sins. But Jesus said, guess what? I will take the beating. I'll let them pull out my beard. I'll take the crown of thorns. I'll take the shame. I'll take the pain. I'll take the cross. I'll take it all because I love you. And Jesus said, that's what I'm willing to endure. And Jesus endured it. But guess what? He says he endured it. Why? For the joy that was set before him. There was a joy that was set before him. You say, what was that joy? That joy was you and me. Jesus said, I'll gladly do that. Every parent in this room would gladly lay down their life for their child. Why? Because you love that child. You'll do anything for that child. Any grandparent in here will lay down their life, not for their kids, but their grandkids. Not their kids. No. Uh Uh-uh. Grandkids, yes. It skips. After a while, I don't know when it turns, but it turns. And Jesus, he said, I'll gladly lay down my life for you. You see, Jesus said, There's something in front of them. So guess what? This year, commit to the process. Because that's going to determine your progress. I don't know where that arrow is landing right now, but guess what? As you fix that trajectory, you don't give up. God is going to help you. You see, the most effective way to hit your target is to focus not on what you want to achieve, but on who you're supposed to become this year. It's not goal-driven. It's who God wants to make you this year. It's saying, God... What are the habits and desires and things that you want me to have? What do you want me to be at the end of this year? That's far bigger than how much you have in the bank account and how many cars are in the driveway and how many homes you own. And if you make it to the C-suite, the biggest thing is, guess what? What you become. I just finished another book called The Immortal Diamond. How God wants us to become something so much more valuable than we currently are. And so God will take us through an intense pressure process for us to become that diamond. And a lot of us, we don't want to commit to that process. And God is saying, there's so much more that I have for you. You see, most of us are telling us a story and telling ourselves that we can't be that person. But I'm here to tell you, guess what? You can. Genes don't predict destiny. They only predict opportunity. Your genes don't detect your destiny. Some of you are feeling like, well, guess what? My genes are this. I'm never going to be that. No. Those have nothing to do with your destiny, just your opportunities. And so as we go into this year, we're going to ask God to help us. So this year, as you work on your trajectory, I want you to know something. This last thought. Every action you take is a vote for the person you will become. You're voting for that future self. Every time you say, guess what, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up and I'm going to choose carrots instead of candy. I'm going to choose Bible instead of Netflix. I'm going to choose gym instead of the couch. You're making a vote for that future person you know you want to be. And we're going to talk about trajectory. I hope you come back. And we're going to talk about trajectory in my parenting and my marriage. We're going to talk about my time management and my finances. Every week we're going to build on this message. You see, but what I need to do is decide that I'm a finisher, that I have endurance, and I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that we'd be a church that we endure. That we endure. I don't know what 2020 has. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. But I do know I lost my grandfather in 2019. It wasn't easy. You had some losses. You had to endure. Some breakups. There was some heartache. You had to endure. I don't know what the future has, but God will give us the grace to endure. But we need to make a decision right now saying, God, I'm going to 
endure. So for those of you who are here and you're saying, I, I, I get it. I want to hit that target. I, want, I do want to find God in my life. I want to make him the target. He says, this morning, I believe, is a great opportunity. I believe you're going to start off 2020 in the correct way, where you're now deciding a new target. Maybe you're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but today you're going to make a decision to make him the target. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everyone to please stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. But maybe you say this morning, God is stirring me. He's given me a vision for a target, and that target is Jesus. And I want to receive him into my life. Here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to just simply pray this three-word prayer. It's simply this, God, I'm yours. That's it. That's my prayer for you. If you don't know Jesus, it's simply saying, God, and you can pray it out loud. You can pray it in your mind. You can simply say, God, I'm yours. That's it. I'm yours. That's the prayer. But if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I need some encouragement, Pastor. Here, let me pray this prayer for you. Father, would you fix our focus? In a world with so many tempting distractions, help us to have a single-minded focus on becoming the man or woman that you've called us to become. Strengthen us. Help us to reflect on our decisions. Help us with our habits and our hang-ups. Help us to let go of our sinful habits. I pray that the years from now, we will look back at this moment, and this was the new beginning where we started living towards a target. I pray for blessing on each of us. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.